day at the organ, I was weary and ill at ease, and my fingers wandered idly over the noisy keys. I know not what I was playing. Hello, and welcome to the American Writers 100 Pages at a Time podcast. So currently we are working our way through the early novels of Henry James, specifically the novels he wrote in the 1870s, beginning with his first published novel, Watch and Ward, uh, and we'll be ended with Confidence, published in uh, uh, 1870, 1880. Sorry, um, But right now we're in, I think, what's uh, the best of these five novels, uh, having kind of gone through them all, I think it's the strongest entry in this this set of, of volumes, and that's the American. It's also, I think, the most famous. It's the one whose name I knew before jumping into um, Henry James. I think I heard of the Europeans in passing. Of course, I heard of the Bostonians. It's easy to confuse some of these titles, maybe, um, but the others I hadn't heard of before, and I've been learning a lot reading these. Um, And having a lot of fun with them, even though they're not my favorite books. I, I, I'm kind of glad I'm, I'm making this attempt to get my head wrapped around the works of Henry James, at least a little bit. I have several more volumes at, at home. Whenever I get back to Taiwan, I'll, I think I'll pick it up. In fact, these are this is my last Library of America volume I have with me in China. Uh, so I could buy some maybe if I could uh, go to a bookstore. There's a few hanging around, but they're kind of expensive. Um, I may just set this aside for a while, focus on the Lovecraft uh, series, finish that up, and, um, you know, whenever I get settled back in Taiwan, pick up uh, full speed with some other Library of America volumes. It's, I've been doing a lot of episodes, so it's not so bad to take a little bit of a break here and there. Anyways, uh, we're talking about the American. So this is my second episode on the American. Uh, I've... I covered the kind of the introduction. It kind of sets everything up. So our main character, um, um, Newman, what's his, Christopher Newman, named after Christopher Columbus. Uh, very American name, right? New man, of course, that's significant to Americans being of the new world and Newman being new man. Uh, and that's, of course, the theme of the novel is this contrast between American culture and identity and values and sense of honor versus the... The European, pretty aristocratic, you know. Henry James doesn't have much to say about the working class of Europe. We get a little bit of a window into it with um, Naomi and the Neos, uh, Mr. Neos, that family, that side plot, which comes very central to the story, especially in the next episode. But it's, uh, you know, it's 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 a brief window into the lower class. But even that's not like really working class. It's it's more of um, it's. Uh, more lower middle class, I guess. Um, we met, uh, we meet Christopher Newman, and we meet his friends um, who introduce him to the Bell Guards. The Bell Guards are an aristocratic family um, that's, you know, like all aristocratic families in the later nineteenth century. You know, they're not what they once were. They still have their blood. They still have their their sense of honor. They still have their reputation, but they're they're not wealth anymore. So you'd think, oh, here's a good match. This is a rich 
American businessman. He made his money making wash tubs and things. He's able, he'll be able to bring money into the family. Um, and the Belgrades have a, a spare girl. Uh, and this young woman, uh, uh, just Santra is her name. Well, it's actually her, her, her husband's name. She's a, a Belgrade, but she married this guy, Mr. DeSantra. She's kept the name, uh, but she's up for remarriage. <clears throat> At least that's what our protagonist hopes for. And when he meets her and he wants to decide to court her. So it's kind of this experiment. Can this marriage work? Can this European aristocratic family allow in this American? Uh, can this American win the hearts of not just uh, DeSantra, not just this woman, but also the the family, the Belgrades. Um, we meet the Belgrades at the kind of the end of the first third of the novel or so. Um, after, you know, they're kind of introduced to San, to to um, Madame de Santra. Um, so we kind of pick up with that. I, I kind of talked a little bit about the Belgrade family in the last episode, so there's nothing new I really need to say there. But uh, with Chapter 8, we really see the beginning of, of this friendship that, grows between uh, Christopher Newman and Valentin, Valentin Belgrad, who is the younger son of the family, so he doesn't inherit, inherit the title as, as, as Duke. I think they're, they're, they're uh, a duchess, or a, 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 I think it's a duke level, right? Because his wife is called Duchess, so, <clears throat> so it's a, this, the level of duke. Um, but he's the younger son, so he's just sort of hanging around. And he is um, presented to us as a more honorable member of the Belgrade family. Um, he is more liberal, uh, more open, but he's still very much stuck with these traditions, these European traditions and these values, especially the aristocratic ones that he can't break free of. But he is more open-minded and he's the most supportive of Newman pursuing his sister. Uh, he gives the background to uh, uh, Madame de Santra's of former marriage. She was basically forced to marry this man. The details of this come up later in the novel and actually key to the climax of the novel. But basically she made, she's, she's pushed into by her family into this marriage with this much older man, horrible old man, this, the Santra. Um, and he dies pretty young, thankfully, but he's a pretty cruel, it's an unfortunate match and it's not a good one for her. So she's, she's kind of used, right? It doesn't mean she can't remarry, of course. It's quite common, especially for aristocratic women to, to remarry. Uh, but the options for women after they're widowed is, a good, is a theme of this book, actually. As we see, just, uh, Madame de Sandra eventually is unable to marry Newman and must go into a convent because the alternative is to marry someone who's also very odious. And, and so she chooses the convent. Again, suggesting the limited opportunities for women at this time. A theme we saw in Roderick Hudson, actually. So <clears throat> anyways, Valentin's a really interesting character because he allows, he's the foil for European nobility. And he's the one who's going to kind of be the most noble. He's going to be the most uh, trustworthy, the most honorable. The honor is this word I've been thinking a lot about. I've been dealing with the cheating crisis in my own classes uh, lately. And, you know, this question of honors come up a lot in my mind. It's, it's an unfortunate thing when it's, when it's, when it's lacking, right? Um, but honor and nobility and these terms, what they mean in a European context is kind of clear. It's kind of definitional. It's defined. It's in the social hierarchy. It's in the relationships. It's in the blood. 
what it means for an American is, of course, very different. And and from the perspective of the elder Belgrads, there's no way Newman can ever have these values because he's kind of genetically uh, alienated from these values. But Valentin shows that not only does his own family not necessarily hold those values, he might actually be more noble than uh, many posers among the aristocracy. And he's the most open-minded to Newman's own nobility. So what I like about the American, actually, is how much growth our character goes through. He kind of, out, he, he's kind of strikes you as a bit of an idiot when you first meet him. He's trying to overpaint for... Um, paintings he's paid copies of paintings from an inferior artist he doesn't know any better he just seems he actually says he never studied because he always made money um this kind of theme comes up with roger Hudson too with uh roland he's the same kind of guy but more so than roland this guy really has is kind of aimless and he's just like well i might marry a girl or study some languages bum around he seems kind of a a bit basic but through this crisis, he develops into really someone quite honorable, someone who's quite assertive and able to speak for himself in the face of this European aristocracy. He's, he becomes a true American, in fact, by the novel. So it's almost a work in progress, I think. And it's only by being the foil of the Belgrads that he's able to really sharpen his sense of American honor and, and present it as superior to that of of that of these European aristocrats. Um, so, but at this point in the novel, Newman sees nobility as an aspect and personality, not blood. Um, and Valentin's, he's smart. He, he's sympathetic to Newman, but he's kind of like, you know, man, that's not going to be good enough, right? You don't be an idiot here. It's like, yeah, it might be, you might be the most honorable person deep down, but if you don't have the right bloodlines, if you don't have that you're, you're never going to really be part of the family, right? You're never really going to be assimilated in. <clears throat> but he says he's willing to help with this courtship. Um, now, he warns him, but also uh, Madame de Santra warns him all the time, saying things like, you know, I'm weak. She says things like that. Like, she kind of hints, I'll just listen to my family. I really am not autonomous. I can't think for myself. She She's an interesting character, even though, I'm not the biggest fan of her. I don't think she's the most interesting character in the book. And for me personally, the character is a bit dull, but I do think there's something really interesting in her as someone who's really without options and all she has is her family and she ends up going with them, right? It's like a, it's the kind of story we read in like mob stories where like people just can't escape from the family, right? That's a, I guess that came up a lot in The Sopranos or whatever. You know, even though it's obviously a better choice for them to leave, they can't imagine not being part of it. Um, so in the next chapter, he meets with uh, Madame de Santra and he approaches the issue of marriage right away. So he gets right into it uh, with a pretty lame uh, proposal. Um, and Valentin put in good words for him. So Valentin did what he said he would do, being an honorable character. He does everything he says he's going to do. He has his faults. He chases the wrong tail. Uh, that leads to his death. But he's honorable in the sense that he kept his word. He put in a good word for him with his sister. Um, and he, Newman, the way he tries to seduce her. Um, actually, I love how the how like in, in these days, they're talking about making love. Um, 
like, were you making love with that girl or was she making love with you? It's like from a modern standpoint, you hear that and you're like, like sex, but this is just like, like flirting or courting, dating, you know, building the, like whoever's the assertive one in building the relationship is the one making love. Um, uh, but the way he makes love to uh, Madame de Santra is to use American values of freedom um, and prosperity to kind of woo her. And say, ah, see, you can come to America and you can be free and you can escape this stuffy family. Can she really, though? Can she really escape? That's the question. Um, she says, well, don't ask me now. Come back in six months. We'll continue to meet and talk and, and be friendly. But come back and ask me again in six months. And he agrees. And he, do, and he also shows his honor and his trustworthiness and that he indeed doesn't i mean he immediately after six months is up he asks but he waits the full six months and valentin hears this and he thinks wow this is you're not doing too bad it's not too shabby good start um <clears throat> the formal rituals of it so he seems to please both valentin and, and madame de santra that there's so, some will see him as someone who's playing along with their culture now, in chapter 10, we really get the meeting the rest of the family. I, I talked a little bit about this last time just to introduce the family, but they really start to meet the rest of the family in chapter 10. Um, you got uh, Madame de Belgrade and um, Urbane de Belgrade. So Madame de Belgrade's English. She marries this um, Mark, uh, this Duke Urbane de Belgrade, who's the head of the family now that their father died. Now, his mother, his mother's also still alive. Um <clears throat> Now, what does he say to them? What can he offer them? He's got to somehow woo the family. He's got to get the mother. Basically, he's got to get the mother on board. And he's got to get the, the, you know, Urbane de Belgrade on board because he's the head of the family. And he tries to woo with his money. He basically says, like, I'm loaded. I, you know, you'll, you'll, your family coffers will be enriched. Uh, no problem there. Um, but he's basically kind of unconvincing. And there's a really interesting play here about like idleness, like he, Newman seems just, he doesn't like this idea of idleness. He's got this very American ideal about like hard work and prosperity connected to work. And they're idle, right? They're, they're, they're part of the leisure class. And that's one reason these aristocratic families declined is they never really changed with the times, right? But America kind of without an aristocracy was able to do that. In a way. Anyways, overall, this is a very, very tense talk. And it's pretty clear that um, it's not going to go easy for him in the, with this family. Uh, so in chapter 11, we're reintroduced to uh, Naomi, who is this Mrs. or this Mademoiselle Nioche and her, and her father. Now, basically, long story short with them is that she's this poor artist who Newman met early on and had paint these paintings and he overpaid for them and she even tells him later on like i'm not a good artist you know you shouldn't buy from me and it turns out she's basically a like a prostitute in a sense like she's she shacks up with men you know she 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 finds sugar daddies is essentially what she does and the father knows about this and is kind of horrified and humiliated by this but he's in need of money and this is the only way money's coming in so he actually ends up having to sort of prostitute his daughter out so they're they're an interesting family but from newman's point of view they they become more and more odious as the story goes on and the fact that they're involved in the fall of valentin 
<coughs> excuse me, in the next episode, well, as we'll see in the next episode, this is something that kind of breaks up his fondness for this couple. Anyways, he's going there. And I think he's checking up on her and trying to get his paintings or something. But while he's there, he runs into Valentin. It's at the Louvre where she's there making copies. And they go and look for um, Naomi. And they find her. And Valentin right away says what Newman should have known. right? Because there's all these evidence that he's just kind of unsophisticated. And he doesn't quite see the nose in front of his face. Is that she's a bad artist. He, she identifies, he identifies her right away as a bad artist, but he's kind of taken with her. He's kind of got the hots for her. So we see Newman's affection for uh, Mademoiselle Nioche. Um, no, I, I, uh, well, even more so, I think, Monsignor Nioche. Newman, Newman likes the family, but he's really more attached to Mr. Nioche. Maybe... Maybe he's more, because he's an American, he's more sympathetic to like these class tensions or this, for some reason he's kind of interested in this guy and feels kind of bad for him. Valentin just tells him like he's a lost case, right? So again, like Valentin's such a fascinating character here because he's not, he's a good guy. He's liberal, he's open-minded, he's um, thoughtful, he's fine with Newman pursuing his sister, but he knows the rules, and he knows the way European society is, and he doesn't buck them, right? He doesn't really challenge them. Um, like, he doesn't do as much as he could to get Newman's courtship successful until he's dying, essentially. So this is a good chapter to kind of look at, like, the competing classes going on in, in European society. But also, we got these kind of cross class affairs taking place like Newman is pursuing Santra who even though they're both wealthy they're really from different cultural backgrounds and in a, in a European class sense they're of different classes the sense that class is cultural not just based on income um, but then you have Valentin and Naomi, and Naomi Valentin's obviously ruling upper class and Naomi is it's like a middle class and she eventually becomes a prostitute um so the next chapter, chapter 12, they are invited to dinner by the, um, by the Dutch, or I wrote Marquis, Mar maybe the Marquess, I, I confused, I mean, I've been saying Duke the whole time, because I think there is a Grand Duchess, he's a Marquess, I'm guessing though, based on my notes, I'm sorry about that, but it doesn't matter, he's one of those stupid aristocrats, he's invited to dinner. And it ends up being a very small personal affair. Basically, it's a meet and greet. Um, shake down this guy, find out what he's about. You know, he's, you, you want to marry my daughter, you got to come to dinner, right? Kind of thing. Now, it's an awkward dinner, but Valentin later tells him he thinks it's a sign that he's kind of been welcomed as a suitor. It's kind of like a symbol. Like, if we let you to dinner, at least we're allowing you into our house. We're not, like, closing the door in your face. And that may be this... And maybe Urbane is, was willing to accept him. Um, now, they eventually do say to him at this dinner or sometime after, like, we won't interfere. So it's now this is a very important chapter because they, in a sense, they don't interfere um, in the way that in a way that's meaningful to them, like the way they understand it, they don't interfere. But the way Newman reads it is like, oh, I got a free, you know, I got permission. I got like the approval of the family, which is not the case at all. Um, and, and I'll just tell you, it's, it's like this is it's no point to 
talk about spoilers in a novel like this. They just order her not to marry Newman. And they don't see that as interference. They see that as just like a patriarchal command, right? And interference would have been like getting in the way of, of, of the meeting. They never do that. They never stop any time he wants to visit. They never, they kind of are, are to their word, but directly to the letter of the word, letter of the, their law that they laid out, not to its meaning. Because from Newman's point of view, it's all about their, well, he basically thinks he's being accepted as a suitor. Um, so Valentin and Newman eventually discuss this. They discuss also uh, Naomi's uh, issue in Valentin's growing relationship with Naomi. Valentin says he's going to pursue her. Um, and then he has a conversation with um, Madame de Sancho where Sancho says, again, I will not be a hero. Like I am basically, I'm not going to oppose the wishes of my family. Newman at the time was like, fine, they, they're, they're, they're okay with us, this marriage. That's in his mind, right? He, that's what he thinks. But she still kind of warns him. So it's all very, very carefully set up here. There's actually a couple chapters in this section that I'll set up things later on. But it's very subtle use of language that it really would help from a, like a secondary read to, to catch these moments. So in chapter 13, we just see this growing... Uh, Connection between Valentin and Newman and Newman and, and Madame de Santre. Um, he's encouraged to visit more often by this. He, he thinks everything's going swimmingly. Um, and he, he runs into Mrs. Bread. Mrs. Bread is an old servant. She's English. She gets brought up by with uh, the Marquis' wife. Um, and she begs him to take... Madame de Santro away to America, which of course was was planned kind of initially, but she's like, you gotta get out of here. This is a warning sign that there's something kind of fishy about this family. And it's kind of a great reminder of how America's seen as this escape, right, for the working class, Mrs. Bread, you know, and eventually that does kind of become an escape for her. Still, there's a lot of um, family tension. There's still a lot of um, kind of subtle resistance, and, and Newman begins to feel more and more rejected. Um, now, we also kind of this is a very again a very subtle moment where they're introduced. Madame de Santra and Newman are introduced to this man from England, Britain, somewhere in Britain, called Lord Deepmere. I guess he's from England, and he's he's got blood. He's got title, but that's all. Otherwise, he's a really ugly guy. He's kind of an odious person. He kind of picks his nose or whatever. He's kind of gross. But you can, you know, you find out later on that the the Marquess is trying to set him up to be the one that Madame de Santra marries, because he doesn't. He never has any intention of really allowing Newman to marry him. He like he goes through the motions, doesn't interfere, but it doesn't mean he's going to allow. That's uh, very uh, the kind of subtle use for language. So, uh, and this all climb, this all comes together in chapter sixteen, as we'll see before I end the episode here. So, um, chapter fourteen is six months pass. So um, he he does what he says. He renews talk of marriage, which was his promise, and what he, he promised uh, his 
the woman he's courting that he wouldn't bring up marriage for six months and he does it again. Um, and she again tells him that, that she's cowardly. Kind of uh, another evidence into Newman's you know, overall nobility. Uh, now, Mrs. Brett is the one who tells him that he's been accepted and she should take her to America. Now, it's not like a... F- it, it does seem to be an acceptance of a marriage proposal. So from Newman's point of view, he's engaged to be married to Madame de Sandra at this point. Um, the news is spread and there's congratulations, but he knows they're unhappy. He knows the Bulgarians are not too happy about this development. Um, now he goes back with his friends. They're called the Tristams. They're Americans also living in Paris. They're the ones who introduced him to this woman. And they basically, they plan a party. It's a really nice moment where they're like, we got to have a party to celebrate, bring everyone over. And here's like such a, them spitting in his face. It's such a clear example of it. Is when the news comes that to the Belgrades that there's this party, they feel that they must be the ones who give the party first because they're of a higher class or, or for whatever reason. And so they plan their own you know, party, like on the same day or right before they kind of trump his party. Um, and it's, again, all about status and ritual and things like that. Maybe it's a cultural misunderstanding, but it also seems to be a bit of a slight against him. <clears throat> um, so in the next chapter, we're, we return to these side characters of Naomi and uh, Monsignor Niosh. And mostly what's going on here is is Newman passing messages to Valentin uh, from Naomi, basically encouraging this affair. Um, Valentin uh, eventually complains to Newman that he's having this like hopeless affair with Naomi, like he's kind of falling for her. And this is like a really ugly mirror image almost of, of his Newman's DeSantra affair, which is like honorable, it's above board, even though it's doomed, it's, it's proper. Um, Valentin's is improper. He's basically dating a, a, a prostitute. Um, or, yeah, that's, I guess she's a gold digger looking for a sugar daddy kind of character. But um, she sleeps around with other rich men because for beauty, for their, for their money. And Valentin's in on this because he's, he's into her because he's got the hops for her. It's just, uh, you know, I think James likes to do this contrast between Europe and America. Now, chapter 16 is kind of like a mini climax in the novel, and that's where I want to end this episode. Um, because uh, they have this grand ball, this big party, the Belgrades, that they had planned. And it's a pretty long chapter, and there's a lot that happens there, a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance and rituals. And all these things. But Newman's always missing the hints of the hostility, uh, of the the fact that he's not doing things properly. Like, there's moments like he laughs at jokes too loud, right? Or he doesn't know how to deal with these other elite people. He's introduced to, uh, like, this Grand Duchess. He's introduced to other elite members of Paris, aristocrats. And he makes all these social faux pas. Um, and the other thing he doesn't seem to notice is how... Madame de Sainte spends a lot of the time talking to that Lord um, Deepmere, which is what the family wants, right? Again, she'll do what the family says. And the family says, get to know Lord Deepmere, she'll do that. Um, 
So the ball exposes Newman as what they thought he was initially. That's too commercial. Like basically at the end, he's just a capitalist and he can't be an aristocrat. He can never really cross that border. He's going to be too vulgar. Um, And he is in a way. He doesn't understand some of these social niceties. But I think what James is trying to say is at the end of the day, he's the one with real nobility. It's not the Belgrades who are totally odious and use people and have a dark family history. Actually, as a metaphor for America, it works, right? Like, you know, Europeans on the surface are cultured and refined and sophisticated and not all, not the ones in China anyways, definitely not those. But there's like that that uh, aura around them. But if you look at the actual their history, it's pretty gross, right? Religious wars and genocides and constant violence. And, you know, they, they don't have... There's plenty to complain about America, but when Europeans complain about America, that's when I get kind of upset. It's like, hey, your your trash pile is a lot bigger than ours. Or, um, anyways, <clears throat> I think that's the theme that James is getting at here. But he still is vulgar. I mean, he still is an American person who's never really been educated, who's just a capitalist, who made a lot of money. You know, and it was only now learning French and learning about art. And he gets basically conned by a prostitute to overpay for, you know, copies. It's, it's pretty ridiculous at times. But he's honorable. Like, he, he, he has his, his, his word. He's loyal to his friends. He's, you know, and then at the end of the day, he's loyal to this woman he fell in love with. To the degree he's not willing to hurt her reputation. He really becomes a very heroic character by the end. But that's something we're going to have to talk about in the next episode when I'll finish up my thoughts on The American. A lot of chapters. Actually, it's a, be a pretty, maybe it'll be a longer episode. There's a lot to cover in the rest of the story involving uh, the climax and the, uh, you know, what happens to this courtship and all that. So there's a lot of drama involving Valentin, involving the family history. Mrs. Brad becomes a major player at the end of the novel. So it's some exciting, good stuff. This really novel really does come together, I think, in the final third. So I'm really excited to share my thoughts about it with you in the next, in the next episode. So um, I guess that'll be it for now. I will let you jump in with your own comments at this point. Uh, send me an email at 100pagescast at gmail.com or uh, just leave your comments below or leave a review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll see you next time with, when I finish up my thoughts on the Americans, my final thoughts about this novel, um, and my my final thoughts of what I think is the highlight of this volume of, of novels by Henry James. So as always, thanks for listening. I appreciate your time. Uh, I look forward to hearing from your thoughts, your thoughts about it. Um, and join me next time. See you then. Like love overcoming the strife, it seemed the harmonious echo.